Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions. The ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. Get ready for one of the top coaches in voiceover and he's also a voiceover expert himself and a tv commercial expert joe has produced over 500 audiobooks voiced dozens of national commercials uh ads audiobooks corporate narrations and cartoons for the disney channel here he is live and joe welcome hello michael thank you for having me on tonight our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users, while products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems, for more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. You started with uh, Reese Witherspoon, from what I understand, as far as uh, your coaching. That's true. You know, Reese was only 15 years old when she was presented to be. We both had the same manager at the time, and my manager said, I've got this young lady that's up for a Monday night movie of the week. I wonder if you could work with her. They want to hear her uh, deliver her lines without a Southern accent. And so I worked with her for about a week or two. Reese was well on her way to accomplishing that, but she still had a few little... Uh, problems with uh, like the word right instead of right. And, oh, uh, she's, so we worked wow. on that and uh, we sent off her lines and she got the part. But then she had to relearn that, right? For the Johnny Cash film. Is that, <laughs> I'm kidding. And she, had a, <laughs> uh, she had Southern stuff, but that's kind of neat. You've been doing this a long time. You started in, uh, what, what came first, the voiceover or the television uh, commercials that you did? You know, the uh, Went pretty much hand in hand. After I got off the road with a, a band many years ago, uh, and then I got into advertising, I was working as the um, audio producer for a syndicated automotive advertising company. And while I was there for 10 years, I produced over 30,000 radio and TV commercial soundtracks. Really? So let's talk about your life a little bit as far as uh, 
what you're doing even right now, and then we'll go backwards, perfect for someone with ADHD like myself, as far as the order of the interview. But so uh, you're coaching and uh, are you taking on new clients and, and, you know, tell me about your life as a, as a voiceover coach, because you're one of the best. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm doing a lot of coaching. I, I coach people all over the world. I've got clients in uh, Japan and China, uh, New Zealand, uh, Germany, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of folks here in the U- U.S. as well, locally and uh, through Skype. I do a the- lot of coaching. I, I like to check you out as a coach. I'll tell you, you make your your voice relaxes me. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate you know? that. <laughs> you know, there's some coaches out there that uh, I don't know, and everyone has a different style. As a voiceover coach, some people just stop you every two words that you say and uh, and try to fix it all. What's your ultimate style? If you had to put it in a nutshell, as a a VO coach. Well, I I'm patient with my. My students, uh, a lot of people that come to me, generally people will come to me because someone told them they had a good voice and that's what drives them my way. And I say, okay, you've got a good voice, but do you know how to use that voice? Mm-hmm. And then I have to pull out of them uh, the, the fact that they can be a storyteller or they maybe not. I may have to say, you've got no business in show business. And I would much rather do that than see somebody throw their money away. It can get expensive, I'm sure. I mean, the classes, the demo, the uh, equipment, the microphone, and even the acoustics as far as... You know, it it can get expensive, but when you build a a voiceover business in this industry, there's really no other industry that you could get into business for yourself any cheaper than you could in this industry. It's not like going out and buying a franchise for a Smoothie King for (laughs) $250,000. You've got to build the place and hire people and run it. But you could get into this business for a couple thousand dollars, a few thousand dollars, maybe some people five or six or seven, depending on if they're going to get a whisper room and quiet down their house. Yes. And I met you at VO Atlanta 2019. And, and we talked a little bit about imagine, you know, you seem like the kind of person you like people and really it, it kind of reminded me of a psychologist and uh, a lot of different people from different walks of life, different careers, and they get into this business. And uh, isn't it amazing how there's a, there's a home for everybody, isn't there? There really is. And I do love people. I, I, I genuinely, I really do love people. <laughs> this morning, I had a, a client in here, and she had started her voiceover career about five or six years ago, and she just disappeared. And so recently, she wound up in one of my workshops again, and she's got a lot of talent. And I, I wrote her a little note the other day and I said, I hope you won't disappear on me again because I want to see you follow through with this. And so yeah. it was really heartwarming to see her today and with her new, uh, I guess, her new excitement about the industry. I think that this time she's here to stay. That's really great. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. There, there are a couple of things that I'm sure people do enjoy the uh, pay for play sites. It lets you kind of get your feet wet, find out what you're good at. I hear everyone say it's a marathon. Well, it is a marathon, and you know, I, I really tell my students that don't they should not put all of their eggs in one basket. If they put them all into the pay-to-play site, uh, then and they're not looking for work anyplace else, they're really, really just spinning their wheels. And also, you never sign on to a pay-to-play site with only one objective, and that's to get work. You sign on with two objectives: to get work and 
also the additional training that you're going to get from doing multiple auditions. You're going to get better every time and faster at it, better with your deliveries, better with your editing. It's, it's a, invaluable. a training program as well. Yeah, it is invaluable because there's no other place where you can get, you know, so many auditions and, and learn what you're good at too. You get feedback, uh, finding out from other people. Otherwise, you know, you could be in a room thinking you're the greatest and, <laughs> and then people let you know where you, where you stand. So, um, now you're a Christian. We talked about that early on and you said that you were, uh, you know, I don't force people to talk, but you were welcoming the, the conversation, talk about your faith, if you don't mind me asking. How did you, uh, how did you come to Christ? Oh, my goodness. I, I was uh, brought up in a, with a Christian family. Uh, I had a little joke about that. So my, my oldest sister was baptized. Uh, it, it kind, of, kind of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> my oldest sister was baptized when I was very young. And I was about seven. She was about 11. And so on the way home in the car, I was crying. Mom says, what are you crying for? And I said, I heard the preacher say that he was glad that us kids were being brought up in a Christian home. And I just wanted to stay with you guys. <laughs> I like it. Well, actually, I was baptized uh, when I was about seven. But when I met my wife, uh, she and I thought it would be a good idea to uh, make our commitment to the Lord together. So we were baptized together back in 1989 or 90. Wow. And it's, uh, you know, something happens when you get baptized, you know, you just feel kind of, I don't know, fresh and anew and, and uh, you make it public, if you will. And, and uh, I don't know, isn't there some song that something happened in the water there? <laughs> I think, so. <laughs> you know, you're from Nashville, uh, Tennessee. And, uh, and well, we'll talk more about your faith, but I know that you, you also are a musician, among other things. You shouldn't have that many gifts. I was in the Hollywood Bowl with uh, Karen and Richard Carpenter back wow. before we were all, before they became the Carpenters. What was that like? I mean, what was your relationship with them? And uh, did you, were you okay. a musician? Um, well, we were all in high school, and uh, there was a battle of the bands at the Hollywood Bowl in 1966, sponsored by Pepsi-Cola. Wow. And all of the uh, these bands, high school bands and groups uh, from Southern California had competed with, uh, I think, thousands, thousands and then hundreds of other bands. And so we were down to the th uh, three finalists in my group's uh, division. And my group took first place in the Hollywood Bulls uh, competition there in the vocal group division and really? Karen and Richard took first place in the jazz combo division and that's when I met Karen and Richard right there at the Hollywood Bowl and uh, got to know them pretty well I'm still in contact with Richard today are you really next time coming to Los Angeles he's going to show me his car collection oh how cool man maybe maybe you can pull some strings we'll, we'll get him on too yeah hey we'll take you out there with me yeah, well, no, I mean, that would be even better. But I mean, I have them on the program here. But um, so how interesting when people ask, uh, I want to get back to you, by the way, but I have to ask, uh, did you know that she would be a star, Karen Carpenter? You know, I knew that these two kids had a lot of talent. And at the Hollywood Bowl, they were very uh, jazz oriented. Karen was uh, in a, she was 14 years old, had on a, a bulky sweatshirt and her hair up in a bun and her head was down the whole time she was drumming, but boy, she was a fantastic drummer. And uh, so they were very jazz oriented. And as a, a kid, I wasn't all that much into jazz at that time. And I didn't hear any of their vocals. Uh, so 
they didn't really resemble the carpenters at that time. You prepare people, I'm sure, how to audition. Is that one of the biggest questions people ask you? How do you actually stand out with from 100 or 50 different people? How daunting a task. You know, sometimes it's a very minor thing why you might get an audition and someone else may not. Um, maybe it's, it's because of when we just have conversation on a day-to-day conversation, uh, uh, the industry refers that to that as uh, lazy mouth. And so we'll drop syllables and we won't say uh, today, we'll say today. Today. Or, or, or not have T's and D's in words, uh, uh, internet instead of internet. Mm-hmm. If, if this was for an internet company and you said internet, but you had a great voice and the rest of the delivery was great. But the next person said internet, they may get the job because they said internet. Yeah. Right. Or, or today, as opposed to today. As a voiceover coach, I have to ask you, um, when it comes to these different auditions that people have, okay. And you're doing these auditions, right? And some are custom where you do them and, um, and a lot of people are spending a lot of time with it. How soon, how quick do you have to stand out? Uh, first sentence, it's got to really stand out. Uh, you know, you, if you don't pull the people in and really catch that listener's ear within that first sentence, they're off listening to somebody else. I see that. And some people know how to audition and some don't. I mean, others can do the work well, but why is that? And does that, is that frustrating for people that, you know, they just, you teach them how to audition properly so they can succeed in this. Sometimes when people leave here, they've forgotten everything. <laughs> and they have to come back for more coaching. Right. There you go. It's good for business. <laughs> and these just good for business. But so, um, any, any words of wisdom, though, when it comes to, you know, off the mark and people who are listening, they're on the pay to play sites. And how, how do how do people audition better? Well, I like for students to become uh, more conversational. And if uh, OK, one little tip I'll give you would be to use pre-sentencing. Uh, so if uh, this book will cover the basics of technology. So if, if you want to make it sound like you're talking to somebody, I want you to say that sentence again, but I want you to use a pre-sentence before. I see. So, so, you, so you see, Michael, this book will cover the basics of technology. Mm. And so you're already midstream in conversation when you hit the first words on your right. You're not, you're not tight or anything because I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't know, Joe, there must be, you know, like a hundred people saying that same line. So you got to do something right. And or else, uh, I don't know if we, we pay enough attention to that. That's true. So I think in most, most cases uh, where people are new to this, they just want to get the words out, but all the words mean something. Every word means something. Now, there's something that you do, speaking of music, okay, that the human voice, there is a lot of melody in, in music, you know, just like when you, when you play uh, musical notes on a page, you know, sticking with that. And, uh, and you believe that there should be melody, from what I understand, in people's voices, and that also goes over well in voiceover, right? Sure, it does. Uh, the words on a script are very much like the words in um, a song. And so if you can... If you can catch that rhythm and that flow, I'll tell my students, uh, look, if, you, if you've got a whole paragraph here and you're at the same tempo from the beginning to the end, you know, your audience tends to nod off. 
but you have to look for a place where you can slow that paragraph down a little bit or put in some or, or get to the end of the sentence, slow down the last three or four words to make an impact. Hmm. So don't just keep the same pattern throughout the whole thing. You've got to add some entertainment value to your script. There you go. So, um, well, tell me more about your life because you know, you're dealing with all the time a, a subject matter um, that is very interesting to people. People get involved with voiceovers. I don't know, young, old, middle aged. Oh, oh, uh, it doesn't matter. A lot of people that have already retired or maybe they're teachers now and uh, they'd like to get out of the teaching profession and just do voiceover. I've got a few of those people too. I've got a couple handfuls of people that are uh, making this their full-time gig. It's harder for people who have a, uh, uh, a self-disdain for succeeding because they'll constantly say, well, I'm not good enough. I, I don't think I don't think I can do this. You have to get rid of that attitude first because the people that are succeeding are the people that are positive, uh, that are, are facing the future with a, a good attitude. See, many years ago, I was inspired by Norman Vincent, Pe Norman Vincent Peale's Power of Positive Thinking. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, I'd like to write a book called The Power of Positive Speaking. But I felt like the title was a little bit too long, so I narrowed it down to Positively Speaking with a subtitle of Jumpstart Your Voiceover Career. Hmm. So when's that coming out? And, and what are some of the, uh, well, tips and tricks? Okay, well, this book will cover the basics of uh, the technology uh, to create your successful career. It's not an audio engineering manual. The technology in the voiceover industry changes rapidly. So rather than to create another technical manual, I give you the tools to research and discover the technology and equipment that will help you move forward in your personal voiceover journey. Now, the opportunities for voice actors are greater than ever, whether you want to work in radio and TV commercials, webcasting, documentaries, corporate presentations, uh, character voices in animation and film or audiobooks. See, there's so many different areas. There's sure. more outlets than ever, and that's the good news. The not-so-good news is that the competition is stiffer than ever. With the growth of websites devoted to voice casting, there are more artists uploading auditions and competing for projects than ever before. Now, I like to, I like to face things with a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. And so in my book, you're going to, uh, like chapter one, for example, it's are you a yes person? Really, that has to do a lot with uh, motivation. Uh, chapter two is, your voice is unique. And I like to explain how that, that works for each individual and say, how, why would somebody pick me instead of somebody else? Our voices are very much like fingerprints. And so they are unique to us. Yeah, well, that's true. You, you mentioned that. I've been, you know, scouting out on YouTube that, you know, you're you and that's the most important thing that you say, being yourself. And uh, interesting people get in front of the microphone and the first thing they do, they do is they tighten up and they're not you, you know, them anymore. And uh, and you know, people can tell the difference when they have, I guess their vocal cords are are loose, and also the the rhythm of of their speech is real, isn't that? That's what people want today. They want a, someone who sounds real, right? Somebody sounds conversational, uh, a true storyteller. Yeah, that's and I put out tips and tricks for voice actors on the first and third 
uh, Friday of each month from voiceoverextra.com. And that's John Florian that owns that company. So he puts my videos out for me. And I have a YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash VO Booth Camp, B-O-O-T-H-C-A-M-P. Good production value. I've seen some of that. Uh, online and uh, you know you you obviously love what you do and so um, all right we want to stay positive so we know that there are a lot of challenges mm-hmm. voiceovers as far as you mentioned the competition so uh, what are some of the other ways that that people can stand out and um, you know and just get better at this because like you said you, you have like maybe three seconds five seconds to stand out that seems like a lot of pressure to me but I'm trying to stay positive mm-hmm. um, well, number one, people that are going to stand out are going to sound confident because prospective clients, they can hear if you have the confidence or not. And if you don't, I mean, they're just off listening to somebody else. In, in my book, you'll also, um, we'll talk about time, space, and money, how much it, you could expect to spend to start a business. We'll talk about demos and the importance of a demo and how your demo becomes your calling card. We'll talk about a studio to go when you're out traveling on the road. What do I take with me in order for me to keep my business going while I'm on vacation or just traveling in general? We'll talk about finding your passion, find your niche. Uh, It's very important that you find your passion. So when I'm creating a, a voiceover demo for someone, I want them to bring me copy because I know it's going to have a passion coming from them, something they know a lot about. And so I'd rather start them off with stuff that they know about because I want them to sound completely confident when someone listens to their demo. That's also, true. You could, you could become an internet hermit these days if you, if you were to take um, uh, and use all of the tools that are available for you in social media. If you are doing Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram and uh, LinkedIn and there's no reason to address all of those, but find two or three that you're good at and stick with that and devote a certain amount of time per day so that you're not just on the internet all the time because that takes away from your, your learning. Yes. You so- know, I, I've been doing music for so long, and when I take a class, and usually the class that I would work on a melody with, with uh, people would be character voice development for audiobooks and animation. Because mm. I've, I've done lots of character voice work for the Disney Channel, PBS Kids. I produce all of Dave Ramsey's audio here in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I'm all of the character voices for his children's, vo- uh, children's books and uh, the narrator as well. Hmm. And so, see, many of my books – oh, yeah, you asked me this earlier about uh, Christianity. See, one of my series I, – I write a series called Bible Stories for Kids Told Through the Eyes of the Animals. And wow. I've been writing those since uh, 1995. And over the years, we've, uh, I've sold over 300,000 books to the homeschool market. So what's the emotion within the song? What's the emotion within your script? Can you tell the script? Can you tell the story as a singer would telling or singing a song? So it's mostly the message that you want to get across yes. from interpreting your copy properly. I like that. That makes more sense. I can live with that. I want to learn more. I mean, this is interesting how because, you know, it, people relate to musicality and to melody. And why is that? I think it has a lot to do with the entertainment value because they can be looked upon as uh, 
another source of entertainment. And it really truly is. It's all related to each other. Uh, songs entertain, stories entertain. Uh, they all have a rhythm. And a certain uh, voice talent could put you to sleep or they could just uh, drive that rhythm to a point to where you just get excited with the words coming out of their, their mouth, out of their voice. The same as with uh, if you went to see Garth Brooks, you know, if you're excited and you like Garth Brooks and you're going to you're going to like everything Garth Brooks sings. If you're listening to somebody who's famous for audio books, you're just going to like everything that comes out of their body. And that seems like something more difficult, uh, audiobooks, you know, because explainer videos, perhaps, you know, that's a short uh, factual information right off the bat and a little bit of a story there. But audiobooks seem to have more um, variation and subtleties and we're dealing with people and people can become complicated. It, it seems like that's not for the faint of heart, not only how long audiobooks are, but to catch the, the nuances and the subtleties of how people talk. And so I got involved with uh, character voice acting when I was working on a soundtrack for a Disney cartoon. It was called Stinger King of the Bees. Bobby Goldsboro, he was a country music artist around the early 70s, uh, late 60s, early 70s. And Bobby wrote these scripts and I was producing the music. And late, uh, late at night, about 11 o'clock, Bobby said, where am I going to find an evangelistic praying mantis? You know, that guy didn't give me at all what I wanted today. And I have recorded characters all day long. And uh, where am I going to find this guy this late at night? And I said, yeah, the Reverend Mantis at your service. Oh, I like that. And he said, great, get in there and do that. You know, that was, that was fun, too, because I reflected back on me as a kid in Afton, Missouri. And Reverend Reagan was our pastor. And that's pretty much what he sounded like. <laughs> he sounded like that? Can yeah. you do that hey, with her? Al. Like that, you know. I would like a mini sermon sound like that. I, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. Um, I mean, as far as going back, was there, is this what you've been doing mostly? I mean, your whole life as far as, uh, you know, voice coaching, voiceovers, or how did you, did you start out wanting to be a, a doctor, a teacher, or a lawyer, any of that? Well, you know, I was somewhat interested in law enforcement uh, back in the 60s. And, uh, I got my draft notice and um, I thought, well, I'm going to go down and sign up because I want to get my choice of schooling and I'll go into law enforcement. So I was sent to Vietnam as a military policeman. Wow. And I was a gunner on lead Jeep for convoys with an M60 machine gun. Huh. And uh, I was there the first month and the company commander sent me to Saigon to audition for command military touring shows because I'd put on a show at Christmas time for the guys there. And I got that tour, and I went on tour for a few months. They sent us out to entertain troops where it was too dangerous to send USO shows. And so after that, I was supposed to go back to my unit, but my, my pal Woody and another guy in Saigon were instrumental in getting me reassigned to, uh, uh, to uh, sp that special unit there. And so I wound up putting shows together, and I was a director. So... For 11 out of the 12 months, I, uh, I managed to trade in my M60 machine gun for a guitar. How interesting is that? And I could say this, that God has a plan, doesn't he? As a, he it's sure does. always different yeah. than what you expect. And, so, and then after that, um, 
was it all just voiceover and acting right off the no when i got back to the states my uh, manager that i had before i went overseas uh she put me in a band called solid gold and solid gold we used to open for waylon and willie at the golden nugget we played on the rising stage at tomorrowland in disneyland hmm. uh, we traveled all across the united states and canada and uh Gosh, it, it was just an exciting time. We also recorded for KTEL Records, and we were we did Solid Gold 50s, Solid Gold 60s, all on eight-track tapes. I love it. I remember that. That was huge, that KTEL. You know, the yeah. commercials and everything. That was a big deal. But see, in, um, I moved here in 1981 to work for Loretta Lynn, so I wrote songs at uh, Coal Miners Music. Uh, publishing company and that was Loretta's company and I worked with her in the studio when she had to learn new songs and and then uh, eventually uh, I got involved with the advertising company and then later on that's when the uh, Disney cartoons came into effect and also I produced the uh, soundtrack for the uh, for Thunder Rolls for Garth Brooks really and uh, that was my only Grammy nomination but that was great fun Worked with Emmy Lou Harris on Cowgirl's Prayer. Well, you've so been doing music and voiceover and acting for many years. Yeah, there's more story there. I mean, honestly, can we? I want to read the whole thing. And, and you got to put out a, a book about your life. I mean, because <laughs> there, there are too many different uh, areas and, and famous people and uh, chapters that I think people would find interesting. I mean, I did. I had to ask because I know that you know you don't just come out of the womb and then all of a sudden become a voiceover coach and. And, but, you know, it seems like you were connected with the creative, uh, talented people uh, right off the bat. And that kind of started your whole, you know, career and in, uh, in many different facets, you know. So it's, it's been an absolute blessing. Oh, by the way, I'll be in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma on August 24th with Booth Camp. And that's an all day commercial and narration uh, workshop. You know, when you consider your legacy and who you are and what you've done and um, how would you like to be remembered, Joe? You know, it's funny. I, I asked the band one night, I said, you know, on that last day comes around, how would you like to be remembered? How, what would you like people to say about you? And, uh, I asked Don that question. He said, I'd like for them to say, I was a good father. I loved the Lord. I was a good husband. And I asked Jason and Jason said, yeah, those sound pretty good. You could say that. And I said, Woody, what about you? This is my best friend. So Woody, uh, so you're laying there in the casket. People are going by. What do you want them to say? What do you want them to say about you? He says, I want them to say, look, he's moving. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> like, I read something. You know, I, just, I just want to be a good husband, a good friend, a good father and brother. Uh, and I just want to enjoy life. I'm, I'm enjoying the ride. It's a, it's a grand adventure. And I think everybody should in, enjoy their life. There's a lot of people that are out there working uh, dead-end jobs, and they just hate it, and they come home, and they're frustrated, and they take that frustration home to their family. It's true. For me, I'm just so blessed because I love what I'm doing. I, I have no intentions of uh, re retiring because I love what I do too much. 
Yeah, and everyone has a unique uh, quality, a story, and you get to draw them out and use their talents and, uh, you know, their mind, their voice, their emotions, the whole gamut. So if you have any uh, interest in voiceover, Joe Lesh is your man, okay? L-O-E-S-C-H, an award-winning spoken word producer, voice actor, coach, and Joe has produced over 500 audiobooks and voiced dozens of national commercials, ads, audiobooks, corporate narrations. Thanks for being on the program. Thank you, Michael. You're a wonderful interviewer, and uh, I just want to say God bless. Our sponsors with over 90 years' experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission. To make you sound your best, thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice. Total sound control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.